Brian. Scott. Brian, it is after dark. <laughs> it is after dark. I have nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I have nothing in the tank. Yeah, there's not a lot. Not a lot of steam powering these engines right now. <laughs> no. But <laughs> you know just... what, Brian? We're professionals. Right. The show must go on. I mean, right. not professionals in the sense we don't receive any money. But <laughs> right, we're not professional podcasters. We're professionals in that we get paid to do other things. Right, but... right. We do get paid to do professions, but not right. this, unfortunately. Right. I mean, listen. If anyone out there is willing to pay us, right. If anyone is interested love that. in paying us for, to do this show, I am ready. I'm ready to receive your money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please Venmo me immediately. Right. Sign, send the contract over. I'll sign it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of contracts, does Aaron Rodgers have a new contract or does he not? I don't know. He's so obnoxious, isn't it? Like, I know Adam Schefter is like so annoying and it probably is just that. And, but it is like, despite what you may have heard, I have not signed a con- Like, did he get the broad strokes right or not? Like, what is it? You're going to like, we're going to read right. in two weeks that he signed for like four years and like 196 million. And he's going to be like, it's totally different than what was reported. The clickbait media. <laughs> it's just like, are you signing with Green Bay or not? Yes. So just shut up. <laughs> right. God, he is insufferable. He you is know what's unbearable. the worst too? I feel like the worst, the most annoying professional athlete in the two arguably biggest American sports are like really well respected by their peers, which makes it even more enraging. Because right. I think most players in the NFL love Aaron Rodgers and most NBA players love Kyrie Irving. Right. And it's infuriating because both of them are absolute garbage. Just unbearable. I, unbearable. <laughs> I know, unbearable. I know. Kyrie Irving, man. I mean, just indefensible. Like, how about the Nets? They're like 3-17. and 17. I mean, they're in jeopardy of, like, missing the play-in. You know, I know. I mean, look, ultimately, like, they still have Kevin Durant there. The Ben Simmons trade is, like, pretty intriguing. But, like... Imagine if they were the Knicks dealing with this season, oh, like the the storm that that would be, and the the you know you wouldn't turn on your TV without people talking about it. Like it's so true. It's so look true. the way the Lakers get treated. Like the Nets are every yeah. bit as big a disaster, even bigger. I mean, Anthony Davis hasn't been healthy for a long time. It feels like. Like right. the Nets have always had somebody in the lineup, for God's sake. Right. I mean, they had to trade freaking James Harden. Like Kyrie has just been a joke. I mean, the fact he's still just get vaccinated, you stupid idiot. Like, right. <laughs> God, this is the stupidest stance ever. And I know. Con- congratulations. You were trying to make a point and you proved nothing. nothing. You proved you're a dick. That's right, what you prove. Right. You were willing to inconvenience an insane amount of people as long as you get to do what you want to do. Like, right. it's just unbelievable. I mean, can you also, can you just think of three more insufferable superstars than Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons? 
Hey, right. I know. That, that Just, team. Yeah. We got, we got together. We had James Harden and we swapped him out for maybe the only person you could talk yourself into liking less than James Harden. Right. <laughs> I know. Also, like after all of this, Aaron Rodgers just returns to Green Bay. Like I know. So what has all this fuss been about? Like, all right, they drafted a quarterback. The guy slipped. They thought, you know, look, you're old. You know, I mean, I get it to a certain degree. You don't like that they drafted your potential replacement when you're still good. But like they saw an opportunity. Then they, you know, possibly they trade Jordan Love. They just thought it's like a good person to have on our team. Like, and after all of this, you just go back there. Like, what is, what are you making all the fuss about? I know. Also too, it's like, it's similar to Trump. It's these guys that seem to hate the media the most that desperately need their attention on them at all times. Right. Like Aaron Rodgers just throws a fit. It's like draft night last year. Let me just pitch a fit so that everyone thinks about me instead of the draft. <laughs> cool. Great job. Thanks. Right. I know. I hate the media, but I do a Pat McAfee hit every week where I yeah. make news every week, no matter what. You know, my only objective when I go out there is to make news. Like, <laughs> right. And I know Aaron Rodgers tells himself that. He is a master manipulator of the media. Look, right. I say something and they react. It's like that's their job. They have to. They have no choice to do that because if any of your bullshit ever turns out to be true and they didn't report on it, they're going to get in trouble. So whatever you say, they have no choice but to report. And then you get to pat yourself on the back for manipulating them because you're so smart. Right. I also just hate anybody that still uses the term clickbait. like. <laughs> that, I mean, let's face it like that era of the internet is long gone you know like those i mean there's still a few sites that like play in that space a little bit like um i think like fan cited still has like every article is like a, a slideshow and it's a nightmare you know there's a oh, few God, of those there's a few of those still out but for the most part like that really hasn't survived you know what i mean like yeah um, i think the bulk of sports coverage that has survived is actually pretty decent um, and so I just like, it's such a lazy insult about a way to just like criticize coverage you don't like, you know, is like, it's just clickbait journalism. Like, no, it's not. It's it... also Aaron Rodgers. What's been reported that turned out to be totally untrue about you. Right. Right. Just clarify it. Tell me specifically, what did the media put out there <laughs> that was just patently false about you? I bet nothing. I bet not one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and then like, what else could Green Bay do? They had no choice but to just bring him back for any amount of dollars that it took. And he's there now. I'm just now desperate for him to finish with one Super Bowl. Um, desperate. I know. <laughs> just because it just be so, uh, you know, for who he thinks he is. And look who he sort of is, but who he thinks he is. You know, for him to finish with one, no better than Favre would be really great too. Like, um, yeah, and look, I'm sorry if he only wins one, then he's not who he thinks he is. Right, right, right. That's I it. Think that's fair. I think that's fair. Like, I, maybe yeah. some people think that's ridiculous. Like, I don't. No, right. I think not. that's. I do think I agree. I mean, I guess like the only argument is like Peyton Manning. You know, like, did he really win two Super Bowls? But like, he did. 
Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess the second one, you know, is, is, is look, could Aaron Rodgers have won that Super Bowl with the Broncos that year? Like, yes, of course. I think, I think obviously. Um, right. But also Aaron Rodgers is on some, has been on some good Packers teams yeah, and yeah. hasn't done it. Yeah. So sorry. Man was, has some bad losses too, though, in the playoffs. Like he really does. Yeah. That no. year they lost to the Steelers at home when Bettis fumbles, you know, and then, and uh, anyway, there's a bunch of them, but. But, but also it, Peyton has to own those. Like that right. is a thing. That's a knock on him. It's a knock yeah, on yeah. his career. He's second banana to Brady forever. Right. You know, right. he has to, he has to eat it and he has to hold that. And so does Rogers. Yeah, it's true. You know, it is funny because, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I know some people find this kind of way of thinking ridiculous. But it is like Peyton Manning lost any hope of greatest of all time. Like that pick six in that Super Bowl. Like he was yeah. cementing it. He was so awesome that year. Yeah. They were unbelievable. He was so great. It looked like he was absolutely on top of the world. That whole season, it felt like he could not be stopped. He was clutch. He was everything. And that pick six against the Saints, like True. for him to leave Indy with only one Super Bowl win, is it's hard to like not feel like that's in some ways a disappointment. Um, and I think for Rodgers, if Rodgers ended with one, I don't, you know, it's like how could you not look at it a little, a little disappointing? Absolutely, absolutely. He's not above that. He'll have to eat it, right? And I want him to eat it. I want him to oh. just. I want to watch him eat it. <laughs> right. 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 I need him to eat it. Yeah. I know. I know. Right. Oh, you know what, too? It's not even just the anti-vax stuff, which is bad enough on its own. It's just yeah. the arrogance. Oh, and the And just like it, he's not a person who operates in good faith. He lies knowingly. And then when he gets called on it, is trying to blame everybody else. He's just not a good faith operator. And I have no respect for that. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, you know, he lost me forever when he's like, look, I'm not some kind of anti-vaxxer. I'm just a critical thinker. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, shut up. Right. Oh, that was so infuriating. Like that those of us who made the really simple and obvious and totally easy and rational calculation that the vaccines and boosters were totally worth it. And a no brainer from any intelligent perspective were like sheep being led yeah. by you know like we just hadn't done the research it's like no you are overthinking it and trying to prove something that somehow you're smarter than everyone else right and you don't need to take the vaccine and so it's like shut up <laughs> you know i i was recently having a conversation with someone who is anti-vax and you know it was not someone i really wanted to get into like a full-blown argument with but they, I said something like, well, so you don't believe in science or what's the issue? And they said, no, I just, I do believe in the immune system. And it's like, you realize the immune system fails all the time. <laughs> like people die. People get sick and die because their immune system is not enough. Right. <laughs> so I believe in the immune system in that I know that it exists. Right, right. I know what its weakness, its strengths and weaknesses are. <laughs> right, right. And plan accordingly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like that's exactly the kind of thing where like coming out of his mouth, you know that guy was like so smart. Oh right, the right. The immune system. Like, right. Like that. Right. No, that was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you get no points. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Yeah, no, that is that is some really insane. So speaking of really dumb, I do want to talk about the the guy who got suspended for a year for betting. This is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. yeah. One, I do feel a little bad for the guy. Um, Ten million bucks is a steep price to pay for, um, for the crime. But like, there's this weird like the NFL hasn't doesn't have any goodwill and they're not good you know it's not run by good people but like it's weird how many people try to make stuff like sometimes things are simple you know and like (laughs) this guy (laughs) screwed up really badly and did something very stupid that is quite obvious that they cannot allow that they cannot abide right and they did the only thing that they could, which was register a very steep punishment to completely discourage anybody from doing this because it's very easy now for people to do it. It's on their phone. You could understand why someone might think placing a small bet, who cares on a game I have nothing to do with, what's the big deal? Like they can't allow it. And so they came down hard on them. And, and, and yet you get a lot of like weird, well... You know, the NFL wants to make money from ga- – it's not a good look when they're, like, profiting from gambling. It's like one has nothing has nothing to do with it. What They can profit from – they cannot allow players to bet on games. Case closed. End of story. Like, Right. It's not hypocritical. There's nothing inconsistent about both seeking to make money off of sports betting and not allowing the participants to engage in it. Like, that is – there's nothing incorrect about that in any way. Like, I don't even understand. I've seen that argument bandied about quite a bit. Like, I don't get it at all. Yeah, no, it's nonsense. They're just, it's too, the NFL, right. It's just, the NFL makes money off of gambling and it punished someone for gambling. And so it must be wrong. But that's not true at all. Like, right. The Calvin NFL really makes-, makes money off. Like, players, yeah. the players are paid with the money that the NFL, the NFL doesn't take all the money and, and keep it all. I mean, they do then compensate <laughs> the players handsomely quite well for their labors yeah. and the gambling that is good for that sport is good for the players. So it's like, it's it also too, no sense. I get what you're saying, like why you feel bad for him. And that's a steep penalty, but I also at the same time, don't feel bad for him at all. You know what a simple workaround that is? Like Brian, if I was in the NFL, would you place bets for me online? So that I didn't have to put my own information on it, and I really wanted you to do it, right? Even that, just don't like, don't do that. You know, like just right, don't go it. Like no, but I'm even saying if you have to, if you're just I like know. I have to, yeah, yeah, you just tell your friend to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I only feel bad for him in the sense that I feel bad for anybody who makes a colossally stupid decision that like right. their life, you know, and. You know, I don't feel bad in the sense that I don't think he was wronged in any way. I think the punishment does right. actually fit the crime. And that's the other thing. I heard like Jay Williams was on ESPN making this like impassioned thing about how, you know, the NFL, like four game suspension for domestic violence. But like they, they, you know, and it's like one, I think how leagues handle those kind of disciplinary things are much more complicated than people like they always use it as like a cudgel against the leagues to kind of bash them for like players and coaches and participants, referees betting on the games is like an existential threat to the product that they just cannot allow. 
Like right. how they should punish people for off-field conduct is very complicated. So it's like bringing that up in the context of this dude getting suspended a year is just a total like, you know what I mean? It's a weird obfuscation where it's like trying to distract from like this guy screwed up and he got punished and that's it's like totally fine that that's what happened. Sometimes things are simple. Right. It's also like, I do think it comes down to when it comes to the off field stuff, the NFL. Yeah. Oh, only two to four games for domestic violence, but this for gambling. Well, how much domestic violence will it take for you to stop watching? Right. Like how much domestic violence are you okay with? You're clearly fine with two games for domestic violence because you continued to watch. Right. Obviously. Right. So like, you're okay with it, obviously. Like, not to say that right. you're okay with domestic violence, but like, you're not penalizing the NFL and the power that you yeah, have right. to do so. But the NFL, you know, it's 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 so silly. It's just like I'm not accountable. What am I? What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm bored on Sundays. The NFL, like, they can curb the problem. Of course, they can't either. Right. That's what I mean. I mean, I think that's just a really complicated issue. Like, one, you know whether you know it's a workplace and you know you have collectively bargained uh you know <laughs> rules between the league for that, that that govern that type of conduct then there's like ways that affects the victims when these players lose their livelihoods over these incidents and how that has an impact on how people report these kind of like it's a really complicated thing i think just bringing it up in the context of this dude just to like, it's just a way to like bash the NFL who deserves it. That's fine. Like they do. They've right. mishandled a million things, but I just, it's, I don't know why it was bugging me so much, but I just felt like, look, this is totally justified and it's unfortunate it happened to the guy. I hope he bounces back and has a good career and remakes the money that he lost, but it's like a colossally stupid mistake and they, they just quite obviously cannot allow it. Yeah. Yeah, it's dumb. Like end of story, right? Yeah, it's just right. There's, it's not anything that there's any reason to have an opinion on. It's simple facts. The guy gambled. I mean, Pete Rose is banned from baseball for doing that for life. Yeah, and the for guy life. on Falcons games, and and like, yes, he was like away from the team apparently, but like, he knows a lot of the people on the Falcons, like. Right. Let's say, and he says it's a fifteen hundred dollar bet, and may I believe him? But like, let's say it was a million dollar bet, and he texts his good friend Matt Ryan, who he has a good relationship with, and says, "Hey, we're three and thirteen. I got a million bucks riding on this. Like, any chance you could throw a pick six in the fourth quarter? You know, like they just can't open that door. Right. No. No way. Right. No way." So yeah. I just so, thought it was silly. And I just don't see how like the proliferation of gambling changes it much in any way. Like that I, Brian Domena, can gamble more easily on NFL games does not change the calculation at all for how a, a, the leagues should feel about the participants doing it. You know, like it doesn't change that simple fact that like you can't. You're just not allowed to do it. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I know. Why are we overcomplicating this? Yeah. Like, this is pretty cut and dry. Why can't we just have comedy skits about Calvin Ridley? Just laugh at the guy. Right, right. Or feel bad for him. That's fine, too. That's like, true. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But don't, don't justify know. it. It's not justifiable. It was so stupid. Yeah. 
Um, so Brian, are you disappointed that Russell Wilson is not a giant? <laughs> no. It's, you know, it's kind of interesting though. I mean, like, you know, we don't have the infrastructure to bring him in, but it's a trade. We we, we had the we had the pieces, right? Like you look at what got traded. Yeah. Like yeah. the picks. So picks. Yeah. We put Evan Ingram in there instead of Noah Fant or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know who the edge rusher was. Um, but it's a pretty well, we definitely don't have any of those, but yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe <laughs> Oziz Ojolari, maybe they like him. Like um we definitely had the pieces to make it happen, but we don't have the team to bring him into like Denver has where right. you add you add Russell Wilson and now you really have a team. Like I, I think the Giants add Russell Wilson, they probably look a lot like the Seahawks did last year, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's um, very true. But it's quite a roll of the dice by Seattle. I mean, Seattle, I don't know. I know you got a lot of stuff, but I don't know. <laughs> it's also it's super weird that they keep Pete Carroll, but they get rid of Russell Wilson, and they don't I have agree. a high draft pick, and they don't like it's just odd. And there's no quarterback in the draft to replace him, right? So you might, you mean you know look some franchises chase quarterbacks for decades and decades, like you know Cleveland Browns are still waiting for one. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> the Jets are still waiting for one. That's um, so true. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and especially like the NFL, you know, I know like that quarterback position is just so important. Like you can always do stuff with the cap to add guys to a quarterback, you know? And I mean, you can, you can maneuver to get free agents when you've got a quarterback that people want to come play with too. Like, Okay, you got a bunch of draft picks. Like now, you got to go hit on every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, which isn't easy. So right. I don't know. No, I think it's right. I don't know what what that's going to look like up in Seattle next year. And they're in a tough division, yes. obviously. I... It's a tough division. You got rid of your best player. Have I... <laughs> uh, it appears that Brian is frozen um so i will go ahead and and ask the question did i hear you ether. talking whenever brian returns oh, brian has turned off his camera he has established an advantage over me but hopefully i can hear him and speak to him again brian are you with us no as a matter of fact brian has left us entirely but hopefully he'll be back in the meantime Russell Wilson. I have a question for Brian when he returns. I'm going to ask it, and hopefully that's soon, so I don't have to delay too much. I I do really like Russell Wilson, the player. I love his throwing mechanics. Um, I think he may throw the best deep ball in all of football. He might even throw the best deep ball, you know, I've ever seen. Um, he's really incredible with that, but. Um, and, but, you know, I don't like, I think it would be weird to root for Russell Wilson. I think he's hard to root for. He's not exactly somebody that excites me personally. And look, I, I'm sure, you know, if he threw a bomb to Kenny Galladay, it would be awesome. It would look awesome. It would be incredibly exciting. 
So, you know, I'm not knocking the guy exactly, but he's just not somebody, he's just, you know, to quote Frank Costanza speaking Korean, this guy, he's not my kind of guy. Brian, are you with us? Okay, we're still waiting on Brian. Oh, nope. We're still waiting on Brian, I think. That's okay. I am uh, doing my best at this, but, you know, let's see. So, Russell Wilson coming. When Brian gets back, again, very important question. Adding in teasers into the, you know, we're not going to commercial or whatever, but I am, I'm teasing our next topic. But I want to ask Brian what he thinks of Russell Wilson personally. What is, his, what is he, does he like his personality? Does he not like his personality? Um, I'm going to ask it in a much more specific way that I think will elicit laughter from people. But I don't know. Let's see. Where's Brian? Oh, I think he's back. Brian, are you with us? I thought, oh, Brian's here. Yes. Brian's back. He has no camera. He has established his advantage. So, Brian, I I was teasing the audience. Was Russell Wilson a virgin until he got married? Yes. Well, I was I was talking everybody out of Russell Wilson and I, Was he a virgin? I think so, right? He said he was. Is that real? Is he lying? He's lying. How? Brian, I think we're on a delay here. Uh, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. All right, we're back, folks. Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties. I believe the topic we left off on was Russell Wilson's virginity. <laughs> right. I heard a little briefly where you were, it seemed like you were talking to Giants fans out of Russell Wilson, and I, it's seemingly, that's where I'm assuming his virginity came into play as a... As a <laughs> That's <laughs> another knock against him. So maybe his age, his durability now, and his lengthy virginity. <laughs> I just, I don't believe him. I actually think that's a lie. Do you believe right. him? I don't know. It's, a, it's just going to be a strange lie. I could see him being one of those like born again virgins. Like, uh, like I had sex in high school or something. And then he was like 23 and was like, I'm a, now I'm a virgin until (laughs) marriage you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know people really overthink their lives is tebow still a virgin no i think he got married didn't he is he married i think so did he get married just because he was still a virgin i'm sure it was i'm sure it played a factor (laughs) 
Wait, I'm now I'm 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 searching this. Oh, well, yeah, he has a he got married last year to Demi Lee Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> the only name she could have. <laughs> well, she's an attractive gal. I mean, right. how old is Tebow? I don't know. <laughs> Like how? I gotta know. I gotta know how long the guy waited. <laughs> how could the guy lead even that locker room at Florida? He was he was thirty three last year. Thirty three. Yeah. When he got married. Yes. And lost his virginity. Yes. Maybe. Seemingly. <laughs> He lost his virginity 11 years after winning a Division I national championship in college football. Wow. You know, as someone who was just so desperate to lose my virginity once upon a time, I just, it is so baffling to, to see somebody make that choice. On the other hand, like, there is part of me that wishes that... Like somebody could have come to me when I was like 16 and just been like, just relax, man. Like, it's okay. It's weird. It's scary. You have to get totally naked (laughs) and (laughs) with another person. And And they see you. They'll see it. You're both. And it's like a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And you have to put a piece of your body into another person's body Right. And you have no clue what you're doing. And there's a lot. It's a lot, you know, like just chill out. It'll happen. Take it easy. Like I I would love to be able to provide that message to my own children. And the few things that could go wrong could go really, really wrong. Right, right. It's okay to feel weird about it too, though, to not be like, I'm going to get out. But I I don't know. On the other hand, you know, sure would have been nice to have not felt so weird about it too. Right. No, I think I think you're right though. The the message is more just like it's okay to feel weird. Right. It's weird. It's weird. It's a weird thing to do. <laughs> right. That's why we don't do it with literally everyone cuz it's right. weird. It's weird. <laughs> I don't want to be that weird with everybody. <laughs> right. 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 And all I these mean, parts of your body that you've been you're desperate to hide for so long and then suddenly they're like no, but then you start you got to show them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not just show them but just like really right them. right get in there get involved yeah. with them <laughs> <laughs> explore them <laughs> what did russell wilson say he had something insane to say about it too about his virginity about when he married ciara where it was like know. god put them together right like how nice for you russell wilson that god's alleged plan for you was was to make you really awesome at football and give you a super hot wife. Right, right. That's convenient. No. Right. No wonder you love him so much. Like I would I would right. be super appreciative also. I'd be like, yeah, this guy's got a master plan. <laughs> it's all working out. <laughs> it's all going according to that plan. And I just put my trust in it and things tend to work out. Um but yeah. Now he's not on the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for Pete Carroll, though. Yeah. Well, Pete Carroll just always thinks something great is about to happen. 
and That's I'm fascinated true. by that. Yeah. Pete Carroll's like NFL that. career is very interesting too, right? Like in some ways so successful. Like Seattle fans in general, I find weird. They complain endlessly. Like you've just completed one of the great runs. Like right. doesn't get any better. I, I get all the offensive stuff and whatever. They run the ball too much or they don't let Russ cook or whatever it is that the problem <laughs> is. You know, it's another one of those things where it's probably – much more complicated than that and maybe there's plenty good reason why seattle plays the style of football they play and all that um but they always seem upset with their team i know like let russ cook is a much better thing to be saying every week than who cares right (laughs) (laughs) right Right. And like you've lost some weird games. It's like, all right, you've been in a ton of big ones too. Like it's that's good. Like doesn't always ha- I I don't know. I don't know. It's always tough when you have a great co- quarterback and you feel iffy about your coach, I guess. It probably start to get frustrating. So you know how the Seahawks have that team psychologist Michael Gervais? I don't. Well, they do. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Michael Gervais. I've listened to numerous of his podcasts. He's like, you know, get in touch with your inner self type of guy. Um, but I recently saw a video clip of him analyzing or talking about a clip of Pete Carroll's reaction to the Malcolm Butler interception in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And it was like, incre- cause you know, he said like, I talked to Pete about this and, and here's what it is. So, at, like the moment the interception happens, Pete Carroll like throws his headsets down on the ground and then puts his hands on his knees and then completely drops his head. And he does that for about two seconds and then he pops right back up. Like, so then he's like upright and, you know, his face is pretty neutral. It's not super sad. It's not excited. It's just pretty neutral. And uh, the team psychologist was talking about how Pete Carroll described it as like, you know, he reacted to it in the moment and then, you know, like he felt the pain for the two seconds and then he snapped back up because he's just like, all right, next step. Got to be there for my guys. Got to be right. got to be there for the team. And he talked about how he felt like in that two seconds, he said he's not he's not avoiding his emotions. He's not blocking them out. He's not, you know, pushing them down to the deep recesses. He's feeling them totally and completely in that two seconds and then moving on to the next thing. Right. Which is insane. It's very healthy. Yeah. It's incredibly healthy, right? Yeah. Like, can you imagine just like feeling the full force of a pay, of a disappointment at that level for two seconds? Yeah. And then, and then, and then like, letting it go. Yeah. Right. right. Like, like that's insane. You know, my favorite part of the the Blood in the Garden, the Chris Herring book about the 90s Knicks was uh, Doc Rivers' description of the Charles Smith game where he said it was like a family member who was otherwise perfectly healthy dropping dead right in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) And he said... You said, I know it wasn't as bad as it's not as bad as like the loss of human life, but I'm accurately describing the feeling like that is what it felt like. (laughs) Right. No. Yeah. And I would even say, I don't know that it's not as bad. Right. But I just thought that was such a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, sports losses are devastating on a scale right. that, like, how do you describe it? The feeling, yeah, is so strong because it's like, it also provides you this like outlet and release and joy that so few things get you. So that the, the flip side of it is, yeah, is a disappointment level that's, yeah, like what Pete Carroll, I mean, think about that play. You're a yard from like your second Super Bowl. The flip, like you're about to just release all the joy and it's just now you have to feel 100% opposite. <laughs> right. The most excruciating pain possible. Yeah. You know what? I could endure anything, I think, for two seconds. Right. Like If that's all it's going to take, yeah. Right, yeah. I got to get to that place where I only have to feel it for like two seconds. Right, and then you just like let it out. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of lingering pain, uh, where are you at with the Knicks? Are you impressed with Randall's revenge last night? Um, you know what? Can I just one more thing about the, um, <laughs> yes, please. About pain. virginity or pain? No. Okay, pain. One of my other favorite things, there's this great documentary on the 1968 U.S. Open. Um, and both, I forget who actually won it. It's like a famous one. Cause it was like, I think Arnold Palmer won and Ben Hogan was still around and this was like his last chance to win a U.S. Open. And then Jack Nicholas was like 21. And this was like he was the new up-and-comer or whatever. And uh, both Jack Nicholas and Ben Hogan faltered late. And and Jack Nicholas missed like a two-foot putt that like would have won, you know, like cost him. And um, after and they were interviewing about it, and he was like, you know, you know, I missed the putt. You know, that's golf. Like he was all like you know, that's, that's the way it is. Like I miss a putt and you know, but I, I made a lot of putts, you know, whatever. Like he, <laughs> he seemingly was not haunted by it in any way. And then they cut to Ben Hogan, who similarly down the stretch hit a ball in the water <laughs> that cost him the thing. And he, they interviewed him and he's a grizzled old guy. And he, go, and he's like, there's not a day that goes by that. I don't think about that shot. <laughs> and it tears my guts out <laughs> and oh my thought, god and it was just so interesting like both you know was was hogan's version just like the more honest version and jack or was jack you know is that what made him like that much more of a winner that he like had this way of kind of getting over it? anyway it was like if you ever watch it you should really watch it because it's just the most hilarious what's, what's it on I think it was an HBO documentary, but it was like the Open at Cherry Hills or something, like the 1968 U.S. Open. Um, okay. But they they do those two guys together, and it is just such a hilarious contrast. <laughs> <laughs> Not a day goes by that I don't think about that shot. <laughs> and you believed him, you know, that literally like every day at one point, he's like that fucking three iron, like right in the drink. Like he replays it. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> I don't know. I just really respected it and appreciated it. <laughs> More than Jack Nicholas. More just... than Jack's, like, yeah, you know, because like, I wanted Jack to be like, you think about that putt and it burns your ass, you know? Anyway. You know, the Jack thing, that does remind me of, uh, I think it may have the NFL Films thing on or whatever on the, the Giants, the Super Bowl in 2007, but um, where 
you know, in the NFC championship game against the Packers, Lawrence Tynes had missed, I don't know how many field goals to win the game at that point. What did he oh, yeah. miss? Like three or whatever? Two. Two. Made the third, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the third one, uh, I guess he trotted, uh, Tynes trotted out onto the field without Coughlin even calling for the field goal. He just yeah. went, you know? And I after maybe it was after the game, somebody asked Eli, what did you think when you saw Tynes coming out for the third time? And <laughs> Eli goes, well, I just thought, I don't see why not. <laughs> like that's great Eli I saw two reasons specifically right. why I not. saw one really good reason because the one right before it was dreadful right <laughs> like I did not trust Lawrence Steins I did not have any reason to trust him I'm glad you Eli did but right yeah uh, this is but people no, are wired that way on the Knicks I'm not you know, not changing my outlook of the Knicks. I do like, you know, it was nice to see them win a couple ball games to like, you know, this is why, like, this is why Tibbs is like not ready to give up on the season. Like they're still close enough that like, you, you know, like, and, yeah. and look, he's starting to play Miles McBride cause they need him. He's playing Cam Reddish cause they need him. Like, um, but he's not going to like tank the season when they're a few wins from like, there's a lot of value in getting in that damn play in, you know? So it was nice to see Randall have a good game. I guess it's been really great to see RJ play the way he's playing. Yeah. Like, cause ultimately I think that's the only way that we salvage this season is he finishes strong. And then we really, at least we've got something, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I am unimpressed with Randall. <laughs> I am unimpressed with Deuce McBride. You know what drives me crazy is that, you know, I guess Deuce had a good game last night. Good for him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not he anti- didn't really have a good game, though. Like, I know defensively, apparently, he was very good. But, like, he had two points. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I don't care how good your defense is. I'm not calling that a good game. I refuse. He had, like, two points, and I think a rebound like also the much maligned Elfried Payton also played awesome defense so I why wasn't that enough with him why is that more than enough for McBride well not adequate for Elf and I like McBride and I do I think he's a good prospect and I think the Knicks are right to be interested in developing him like I just again it's really like the sense of urgency and it's the the, the, the idea that they should be forcing it like at all costs, you know, that's where it just doesn't make sense to me. Like why he's not allowed to play this guy on a, in a, in a, in a manner that makes sense. Like, I don't really get that. And also, you know, I, I just hate the cherry pickers out there. Cause right. He's a young player that we need to develop. So he has some good games and some bad games. And I don't know. Maybe I feel betrayed because I like Tommy Beer a lot, but I've been really frustrated with his Deuce McBride tweets because it's just like, oh, you know, he might have played well in Sacramento. So let's write a hundred tweets about the guy. Whatever the game before, when it didn't even seem like he could get through an NBA screen, I didn't see any Deuce McBride tweets from Tommy Beer. Right. So, I mean, like, if you're going to lead the charge about this guy must play, it is a matter of national security that Deuce McBride be in the lineup for the Knicks, 
then you have to own both. You can't just be excited after the good games and just not comment on the bad ones. Right. I mean, again, the good games, like he had three points <laughs> against the Clippers and two against the Kings. And again, I like him. I do think he's like, I just think people are acting like, you know, he's the future. Like I get you want to see him and you don't really want to see Alec Burks, but like Alec Burks is is making $10 million a year, has a three-year $30 million contract. Like they have a strong interest in Alec. They have an... <laughs> They have a lot invested in Alec Burks and like whether whether it's um, him playing well this year or him regaining some value for a trade like they need Alec. They could use Alec. You know, they can't just abandon Alec Burks and and just have that sit there like and they are going to look there. The Deuce McBride's getting an opportunity like I just don't see what um, the problem is. Um, You know, it's been nice to see bounce back as quickly. Yes. Yes. Like, thank very God. Much so. I mean, again, I it's just like, what are people? What? Who do you like? Why all this fuss over like Deuce McBride and Cam Reddish when it's like R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and Emmanuel Quickly have all come on this month, which is essentially like that's the core of the the team. That you know what I mean? Like those are the guys yeah. we really need to play well and need to care about. And you know, and again, like Julius Randle. You know, you can like, oh, we top in all you want. We have over $100 million invested in Julius <laughs> Randle because you're bored in him. They both need him good in the short term for this team to be good. And then they need him like they need him to be tradable or desirable. Right. Either they want people to play with him or somebody to want him. They can't bench him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, play him, what, 20 minutes and give it Obi like. They can't do that. (laughs) Right. And nor would it accomplish anything. And I can't stand him, but that's right. You can't bench the guy. That's he's the problem. That's my point is he is the problem. If he was better, we would be better. So just be better. Right. But just be better is like not, you can't be better, man. Let's like, you know, like I wish I could turn, I'm coaching fourth grade basketballers. I love to turn, I'd love to turn around and be like, just be better. All of you will be better, but they stink. So like, no one can just be better. I do under, I know what you're saying, of course, but I don't, to my knowledge, none of your fourth graders were given a hundred million dollar to be I know, but like you it's like what is he supposed to do like how does he be better i guarantee you he's trying to be as good as he can be like he he's not he can't do it like i at a certain point like what does it mean to say he needs to be better well but he can be better we've seen him be better right but he's trying to be as good as he can be like because he has been better so you know one year a guy hits 50 homers, the next year he hits 25. Like, you don't have your best season every year. Like, all right, that's fair. So then, fine, be less annoying. If you're, <laughs> no, that I agree with, right? Be less annoying is fair. If you're not going to be better, then be less annoying, but you have yeah. to do one. So if being better is not an option right now, then be way less annoying. Right. Be happier, I would say. Like, why are you so aggrieved all the time? That's like my issue with Julius Randle this year. He just always has this like air of unhappiness. Like, totally. Somebody has wronged him, and I don't understand that. And he totally deserved that fine. Like, what was he doing? Nothing happened to you. 
Right. Nothing really happened to you. I know. Yeah. I don't I don't get that. That was wildly unprofessional. That's unprofessional, Brian. Yeah. But like, you know, I think RJ, if he could keep this going, you know, I just wish RJ, like, every time you want to believe in him, you know, he throws up like a six for 30 and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Where he goes like one of eight from three and you're like, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, is this guy ever going to actually be good? Like, Right. Or he misses, like, his first eight shots at the rim. Like, yeah. Like, gets right. to the rim. It's just, like, nothing's going down. It's infuriating. Right. I'm even looking at his, you know, his February, which is his best month of his career, right? Like, yeah. Ultimately, he's 28 points, 0.3 points per game. Great. But he shot 42.9% from the floor, you know? Like, shot 66% from the line. Like, ugh, you know, and then now in March and also they lost every one of those games. They lost <laughs> all six games that he played in the month of February. But then March, <laughs> now he's averaging 26 points per game. Really great. But again, 39.8% from the floor, you know, like not right. so great. Make your shots, RJ. Right. Like it's got to be a little bit more efficient. Um, but you know, look, the rebounds, the assists, everything's trending up. Well, um, and as you declared in our group text, he, he, this is his final season of being just 21. I agree. Next year yeah. I will be, I am staring at RJ from the jump. There is yeah. no more like, Oh, slow start or like, well, he's only, yeah. Like next year you better be good. Right. <laughs> On fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> like really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian, it's 930. I think it's safe to say this has been one of the weirder, choppier episodes of this podcast in history. Probably not our finest quality, but we gritted it out, Brian. No one can say we don't have grit. We we do have grit. We grind this show out, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, People don't know. They don't know what it takes, Scott, to have a They don't know. (laughs) But we do it for the fans. (laughs) Or our own narcissism. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right on that note thanks everybody for listening we will see you next week